What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you tell three friends about me. Uh, hopefully, they're good things. But you can find me on Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Apple. Uh, shout out to iHeart and Amazon for picking your boy up last year. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also email the show at Sports Business. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. And I'm still trying to figure out, and I hopefully I got a guest on the show. Maybe he can help me out with this. I'm still trying to figure out, is it X, tweet, Twitter, tweet, X, <laughs> formerly known? I, I don't know what it is, but uh, you can find me there also at Sports Business. Um, and we, like I said, we have a guest on the show. I am super duper honored for him to come back on. Uh, we got my man, Mr. Jordan Watkins from the Pac-12 Network. We're about to get into a whole bunch of good stuff with college football. I told you, I really don't do a lot of college, but y'all asked for it. And I thought I would get somebody who knows this a lot better than I do. Um, so we got my man, Jordan Watkins, on the pod today. My man, 50 Grand, again, many, many thanks for you hopping on on such short notice. But uh, what's cracker like, man? Long time no see. Man, I know, I know. And first off, thanks again for having me back on. I know we, we've been talking about this for a minute. It's been in the works. Happy to be back. But uh, yeah, you know, just doing a little bit of everything. I got to yeah. watch uh, three games of film this week. You know, I got to watch my, uh, I've been coaching up at Skyline High School up in Oakland. So I need to watch their film from our game uh, against Richmond last week. We got the win 32 nothing. Got to get ready for Balboa this week. So I got to watch those two tapes. Got to watch my Falcons back again you know, working on some podcasts for them, which means I also need to watch the Lions tape from this week as well. Mm, so, mm. you know, staying, staying busy with that. And then, of course, you know, I'll head out to practice a little bit later and, and try to get those Skyline boys right. Hey, back in the day, Balboa used to be that back when the AAA, the Athletic Athletic Academic Association, I think is what the San Francisco Unified School District uh, Association is what it's called. Uh, they used to be cool. They had a couple players. Mm-hmm. Joe Pierre Davis, my homie, uh, actually got to go from there to the University of Hawaii. Um, they, they put out some players. And as a Galileo Academy of Science Technology alum, yeah. people will tell you that the press make up rivalries, not necessarily the <laughs> teams make rivalries. So a lot of people hype up the Galileo versus Washington High as the key rivalry in the city of San Francisco. That's something that the San Francisco Chronicle really made. But if you talk to some OGs around there, They'll tell you Bal against Gal is the thing. Anyways, Mm. I thought that's a great way to segue into rivalries because we had a quote-unquote rivalry game, but it didn't feel like a rivalry game this past weekend. Rocky Um, Mountain Showdown. Yeah, but, you know, it looked kind of more like the Atlanta Showdown. You know, we had had Lil Wayne out here introducing the doggone Colorado team like it was, it was Floyd Mayweather's return boxing match. You had uh, uh, Offset out there, who, who, you know, offset, I don't yeah. know, you know, doing Offset things. You had The Rock out there. You had Game Day. You had big, the Big Noon kickoff show. You had Pat McAfee first take. You had everybody named Mama. The only mm-hmm. person that probably wasn't at the game was probably just me and you. But you are doing great big things with uh, helping that skyline over there. Um, but hey, man, I said this uh, two weeks ago. Uh, on my show, I said that I don't really get into college football all like that. It's cool. It's You know what I'm saying? It's cool. I need to know for someone who has played in a Pac-12 school, who covers the Pac-12 on an everyday basis, hey, dog, what am I missing? Because I mean, you and I have talked offline. I feel like we out here just putting all of our eggs in one basket. We don't even know what we got going on. And I'm asking that one more question. 
Are you a person that likes to get to the club when the guest DJ comes, or are you the person that gets to the club when the DJ comes? Because there's a big difference. When the lights are on, the lights are off. No, you. No, that's a, that's a great point. See, I'm a person, I hate waiting in lines. That's what now, I'm saying. So, and so I'd rather just get there early. You know, okay, that means okay. like the, the line to get in is shorter. The drink line at the bar is shorter. <laughs> so, you know, you get everything in while you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, because you know, that that's my time to kind of chill, really kind of build up to the environment, right? Because if you if you just get there when the when the DJ is there, like you got to go straight to be in there on tents, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me ramp up to it. You know, yeah. maybe the get maybe the, the guest DJ, the the you know the um, one of the warm up acts, they'll they'll play some songs that I like. Maybe there's a little future in there, and I can get going with it, right? But I don't have to just go in there and just be like, boom, you know, just going crazy off rip. So I like to get there maybe just a little bit early, not too early though. Okay, and so the reason why I'm asking you this question is because I am the polar opposite. When the yeah. lights come on, when the lights go out, your boy's walking in. Your boy <laughs> lights camera action when I walk through the door to quote the Negro poet Young Jock once said that in a, in a line. I'm that's of Atlanta? Me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I got to get it. I'm trying to keep it, keep it trill around here, you know, a little Texas and Atlanta with y'all. But when I, when I walk through the dough, I need it to be cracking. I don't need the preliminary stuff. Um, and the reason why I ask that is because I feel like the nation, a majority of the nation, they out here doing prelims right now with the mm. college, with University of Colorado. I feel like Coach Prime has done a great job putting the spotlight. He has literally built an economy in, in, in Boulder yeah. and the state of Colorado. Um, I think I saw that they've already netted millions of dollars. I think it's some, some random startup kickstart sunglass company has already netted, I think, a million, 1.2 million in sales Blenders, just based yeah. off. Blenders just made over you know 1.2 million just off of one day off of the uh, pre-sale of his own sunglass line, which is good. And I say it's good because when he's in the college, his, his, his market is college kids. So he's not out here linking up with Gucci or Louis V, which he could have. He mm-hmm. could have, and people probably would have still been able to figure out how to come up with their mortgages for these sunglasses. But he chose the other route. The sunglasses are only $67, reasonably priced. And he's done He's done a lot of great things. I'm trying to differentiate. And I spoke to my sister about this. Actually, Saturday night, we watched the game together. I'm trying to figure out, are fans on the primetime hype? Or are they really thinking that this Colorado team can actually go all the way to the chip? And that's the part where I'm trying to differentiate this whole big old cloud of just pride just coming off the top rope out of nowhere and, and, and you know, making things happen. But, you know, to, to, give me your take on the whole primetime situation. Is it great for college football? Um, is, you know, what, what are the benefits of what primetime is doing with a school like the University of Colorado in the sure. Pac-12? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I want to give some context to what's, what's going on from the Colorado side, right? Mm-hmm. I believe in the last 20 years it's been, or maybe a little bit shorter than that, Colorado has had one winning season. Yeah. And I remember that team, we went up against them. They beat us at Stanford. It was, we lost 10 to six. Mm. Um, was it 10? No, 10 to five. Sorry, 10 to five, because we had a safety in that game. <laughs> uh, but that Colorado team, they went on to the Pac-12 championship, lost to Oregon. It was an Oregon team that had Marcus Mariota still. I believe they went on to the, the playoff that year. Mm-hmm. And I think Colorado lost in the Alamo Bowl to Oklahoma State, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But you know, that was when Mike Mike McIntyre was there. Good, really good yeah. college football coach. Right. So since then, they really haven't had much to 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 celebrate and and you know really uh, be happy and proud of. So I love what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the thing for me, it's going to be so interesting. What's going to be the effect of this for other coaches down the road? Because I now you know as just like the same thing college. I mean in the NFL, 
college football to an extent is a copycat league. You see yes, one offense so. or one type, one style work, you're going to try to find somebody else that can be that way. Yeah. But I don't know. There aren't that many people out there that can be authentic and act like Coach Prime, act like Deion Sanders, but Deion Sanders himself. You, yeah. there, there aren't many clones. You yeah. know, I can find a Nick Saban type. George has obviously done that with Kirby Smart. Um, there's a reason why a lot of Nick Saban disciples and, and assistants, they go get head coaching jobs other places. Because mm-hmm. you can you can replicate that to an extent. You can't replicate what Dion does. Either you have it or you don't. But I just love it because it is breaking this mold. And, and even for black coaches, and I'm sure we're going to get into this too, about what, what Jay Nor- Norvell, the head coach of Colorado State, had to say about him before the game, is breaking the mold to an extent of how we're supposed to quote unquote act. Right. Fair, like, fair, fair. I mean, you, you think about some of the, the black coaches that have had their chances at head coaching jobs. We, as we all know, cause we, we talk about it in even our corporate jobs in terms of code switching and mm-hmm. things like that. There's a way you're supposed to talk and behave and dress and, and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And now you have, you know, coach prime coming in and he's just being himself, which yeah. is a beautiful thing to see. And obviously so far it's working. They're three and oh, we're going to have a tough one up in Eugene this week going up against the Ducks. but No Travis Hunter for the next three games as well. And yeah, no no Travis Hunter lacerated his liver on, the, on a late hit, which I still think should have been suspended. Uh, big facts. Uh, big ejected, facts. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, no, ejection, but, probably a suspension as well. You're right. Yeah, I mean, is this one of those things? And, I mean, we could go on a complete other tangent about this, about why I hate the targeting rule, especially as a defensive guy, where you get targeting, it's an automatic ejection, but something like that doesn't get one. <laughs> Um, so we, we could go on a whole tangent, trust me yeah, about that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, again, this is a school program that they won one game all of last year. Uh, they, they beat Cal. That was their only win. And so already they've tripled their win production and, and they're going to get a couple more as the year goes on too. So I love to see what's going on. Uh, and like you mentioned, obviously every single show that you can think of is trying to go there. I think big noon kickoff for Fox is going to be doing a Colorado game for the first five weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, it's 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 incredible. But it's really cool to see, again, a, a black man that is at the forefront making this happen. And full disclosure, I think I've only told a very, very, very small, so, small of my so, social circle, I'm actually going to a Colorado game uh, okay. later on this year. It just so happened, just some personal things that have taken place where I have to be in Colorado in, in the near future mm-hmm. part-time. Okay. So um it's all the stars kind of aligned i was like oh this weekend is kind of an open weekend i do need to take care of some business out there i need to go see this for myself um so when people say well e you hating you doing this it's that more of a i just got i am a more of a wait and see what is going on before i make a full-fledged investment and Mm -hmm. i know coach prime has been out there to say if you ain't rocking me from day one then don't rock with me at all which is fair. He's entitled to say that. And I and I get where he's coming from. It's mm-hmm. just how I've always been. It's more of a, I need to, you know, we have a saying in the community where if you go somewhere, you got to hit them with the who all going to be there. Uh-huh. And if you hit me with the who all going to be there, you name me that one wrong person of who all going to be there. Your yeah, boy, ain't, just chill. we ain't going. Yeah. We ain't going. And so my, my whole take has been who all going to be over there? Is Oregon going to be over there? Is USC going to be over there? Now, if you tell me that they can beat those two teams, your boy's fully fledged. We're, we're already in it. Um, and that's just kind of been my take. And so, unfortunately, I'll be there on the latter part where I've already, we already known. But it's also a good, a, a good assessment for me, at least, to see, okay, if they lose to Oregon, if 
they lose to Oregon or and or USC, are people still going to be rocking with them? Because, you know, so that's going to be the, the ultimate test. Um, you know how people kind of get when, when things don't go their way, they kind of back off, and especially with a fan base, to your point, that ain't really did anything within the last 20 years. And, um, and that's what I, I love about, like, see, for me, they can lose both of those games because, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of Oregon and especially USC, those are your top 10 contenders. Those are some programs that they have the, and of course, and Utah and Washington, Right, yeah, I forgot about there's, them. There's, yeah. there's a good bit of them this year. I forgot about them. Yeah, you're right. But um, but those are two teams in particular. They're they're having college football playoff aspirations. Yes, yes, so yes, yes. Now, even for me, when I was coming into this to this year, I had Colorado maybe around six, seven wins. Fair. Which again, that's a success for year one. It's a completely new team. They talked about you know here's the amount of scholarship players that return, and mm-hmm. you just don't usually you usually are not able to transform a team overnight like that and find instant success right? in terms of like championship level success. So six, seven wins, that's going to, that's a good year. That's a success in what's been going on. Now, again, that's why if you lose to a team like Oregon or USC, I'm still in on everything that's going on. Right. But as you know, and and this is kind of the point you're, you're saying, I know a lot of other people, either they never saw it that way or mm-hmm. they've been waiting, not saying you are, I'm saying this is just people in general. They've been waiting to see him fail. Right, and right. for them, for some people, fail just means losing one game. Right, you know? right, right. So right. It, it's just like, uh, you know, think back to, uh, remember the Titans. As soon mm-hmm. as Coach Boone lost that one game, they were going to yep. fire him. Right. And so at least from the perspe- perspective of the outside looking in on this, that's how a lot of people are viewing Coach Prime in Colorado. Right. Right. You're right. I, I do think I will say this. I will say this. If somehow they can beat Oregon and USC and they can somehow I'm not really too keen on Washington. And that's just me. I haven't you know, I, I something's something about Michael Penix Jr. The jury's still out on him with me, at least. Um, however, if they can beat those two teams and somehow they're in the I don't know how the rest of the Pac-12 will shape out, but I, let's just assume that the boogeyman of the Pac-12, which I believe is Utah, somehow is in Las Vegas against Colorado. The, the Pac-12 game, Pac-12 championship game will be Colorado against Utah, the boogeyman. I do think they have, they, I do think they have a chance um, at that point. You got all the swag. Now you're playing with house money. So there is a part of me that does think to a small, I'd probably say like eh, 20 to 25%, they could run the table. I, I, yeah. I, give, I give them that. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, again, they don't have to play Washington. And I think, Right. More so with that, they don't have to go to Washington. Right. Now, for anybody who's who's listening to this to this podcast, if you've never played or been to a game up on a, at Husky Stadium, might be the loudest stadium in all college football. Like I mm-hmm. truly stand on that with how they built that. But mm-hmm. you know, again, going up to Austin this week is going to be a tough one. They have SC in Colorado, so that's a plus. They don't have to go yeah. to Coliseum. And then, well, ain't nobody going to that, ain't nobody going to the Coliseum no more, man. Well, they would for that game. Yeah, you ain't lying. They yeah, would for yeah. that game. Yeah, it's gonna look like oh, the old five yeah. Trojans. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Um, you're right. And then you know, obviously, that there's gonna be that that the fun thing about the Pac-12 is there's so many good teams this year because the UCLA game's gonna be tough. Oregon State's gonna be tough. Washington State's gonna be tough. And then of course they finish off the regular season at Utah. Mm, uh, the boogeyman. And, and Utah, I think they have the second longest. Uh, yeah, like you said, the boogeyman. They have the second longest home win streak right now in all of college football. 
over right. in Rice Eccles. They just don't lose right. there. It's a tough place to play. So, yeah. It, and again, but that's why I say, like, it's okay to be realistic and say six, seven wins for this team and they get over. You know, I'm I'm beyond impressed. I mean, I'm already right. impressed with what they've been building, but I'll be beyond impressed if they go over that. See, that's the that's the part where, and and I know this we've kind of drawn out the subject, but that's the part where I'm just like, am I impressed? Because I feel like you're just checking the box. Like, are are we? Granted, they won one game last year, but like, come on, mm-hmm. dog. Did you really think they weren't gonna win more than one game this year? Like, let's keep it a buck. You know what I'm saying? Like, if right. anybody, you know, just based off the talent that they were able to get Shador Sanders, his other son, Travis Hunter, and then I think it was, like, what, like, 50-some other people they were able to pull out of the transfer portal? Like, come on, dog. Like, you know, my man's literally poaching, which is cool. It's legal. You know, mm-hmm. and, and to your point about primetime's polarizing personality, bruh, ain't nobody walking in the door being able to have the juice that's uh, no. the, the juice that Prime has, not a Nick Saban, not mm-hmm. a Kirby Smart, not a Dabo. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, Lane Kiffin, like just all these polarizing people. Uh, Brian Kelly, he, he, no one. There's not a single person in in this country that's got the juice that has the way that that has the swag to even pick up the phone and be like, I got Tom Brady on the phone right now, and right. he can tell you why you need to come come rock with mm-hmm. your boy. I got Peyton Manning on the phone, and he gonna tell you why you need to come rock. You know, he has the most. He's probably the most well connected person I've probably seen since outside of Chris Tucker. You know, they always mm. say Chris Tucker is mm. the most connected person in, in, in the industry. It's It's got to be Prime. Prime could literally pick up the phone and call anybody. And, and just like that, they're going to tell you why you should start rocking with Prime. So my thing is, I'm not impressed with the three wins. Um, it's more like, all right, dog. Like, yeah, you like if anything, it's like, OK, cool. Let me see. Show me more. What else you can do? Like one win. One win. You know, a one win game winning team last year is not even the same. Now, if you had the same team. The sure. same exact roster from last year into this year. Okay, now we're cooking with some fish grease. But if you are able to re-retool your entire roster and literally bring anybody that you want to bring, I'm sorry, dog. I feel like we just collected 200 and going. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's fair. I, I guess the thing for me where I only push back on that a little bit is, again, the standpoint of when you think of especially college football. And it'd be one thing if it's basketball, right? Because you always you have all mm-hmm. these one and done yep, year yep, in and yep. year out. Fair, so fair, I, I fair. can get that. Yeah. But for football, it usually does take a long time to build a certain chemistry and connection with everybody. Like, I remember even when they played their first game at TCU, I was watching the game and I was just like, I'm so surprised that the O-line is on the same page as much as they are. That usually yeah. takes time. Like, I remember yeah. one of our best years at Stanford 2015, we had an almost uh, completely new offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, they we were a lot of them were the same year in terms of class-wise, but right. – in terms of playing in games together, that was something that hadn't happened yet. And right. it took them a few games, right? Now, by right. the time we got to game five or so, then everything was clicking. But right, right. it took time. But but so the, right. the fact that I could see Colorado, you know, start off and, you know, I think there were a couple of pressures that they let on Shadur. But for the most part, they were in sync playing as a unit. I was so impressed by that, see that click so quick, like so right away. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got you, but I definitely want, I appreciate your take. I just wanted to see like, dang, am I not? Cause I, I, I probably would say, I think it's me and maybe my cousin that feel this way. And I feel like the rest of the nation, like whatever he, the, 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 the one thing about prime is once when he got you, like if he can, if he can manipulate, I'm not going to say manipulate, um, if he can, if he can get you, he's got you Oh yeah. And, and, and the gimmick works. So the gimmick is working across the entire nation where I'm like, Ooh, Okay, I don't know. If I see everybody over there, 
Sure. That's that's a little scary, but it's fair. Uh, like I said, I'm going on the latter part. It just so happens that it's kind of, I'm going to see if everybody's still rocking with him. But like I said, that who over there? No, let's absolutely. See, let's, let's see. Absolutely. Hey, man, but uh, let's try to pivot, you know, from Saturday, from, from Saturday Night Lights to, you know, Sunday. Hey, man, give me two week two winners. And I already know who one of them is going to be because me and you have talked offline. And I remember you was like, watch out for the Falcons. And I was like, mm-hmm. R.I.P. B. John Robinson. And here I looked at it yesterday, and I was like, ooh, they 2-0. So I already know one of your week two winners. So you can go ahead and let the rest of the world know uh, what, you know, I know the Falcons is your week two. So go ahead and let, let them have it. Let me have it because I sure look like boo-boo the fool right now. So go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, just go ahead and just you can take me to the woodshed, and I, I'll just go ahead and take this L right here. Well, no, I mean, here's the thing about it. It's just so much fun, not even just the on-field what's going on, on on the field for the Falcons. It's everything around them right now, which is why they're one of my winners. Mm-hmm. It's been two weeks in a row. I know they had two home games. The crowds have been rocking, which that has not been a thing in Atlanta for a while just because they haven't had many good teams for a while. So Mercedes, cool. Mercedes-Benz yeah, Stadium, mm-hmm. it's been cracking. It, yes. I went to the week one opener last year against the Saints, and they just happened to be against the Saints. But it was right. even cracking then, but – it look, the A looked like it's been cracking the first two games. So, yeah. So, and, and it's so funny. It's almost like the perfect time to talk about it since we just came off the, hey, if Colorado loses, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Because that Saints game, you felt it where it was, man, the, the city is ready to get behind the Falcons. And then they lost. And then you had a lot of people like, man, see, same old Falcons. I ain't mm-hmm. coming back again. Yep, yep, but yep. Th- this year it was, I think, you know, it started week one. You beat Carolina. So everyone's like, okay, everyone who was there is like, wow. This is fun. Yeah. This is a team I yeah. really think can do something. Absolutely. So you show up week two, you beat the Packers, and this is kind of the same thing, you know. Um, and, I mean, you see, like, they're bringing back some of the old school guys. Jamal Anderson read, uh, mm-hmm. rung the train horn to start mm-hmm. the game off. You see, you know, they brought Big Boy and Michael Vick to do a hype video together. Like, it's just the vibes around the team. It feels different. So that's why I have them as as one of my winners. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, and one thing, I, I posted this earlier today somewhere. Um, they had a picture of Matt Collins uh, catching that ball over Darnell Savage, and he was like, something, something about, you know, it's only one Savage in the building or yada, yada, yada. But I just remember Matt Collins being, you know, that security blanket for Derek Carr last year for the Raiders. Right. And I saw some video of him during OTAs, or I think it was during training camp. This dude looked like Optimus Prime. Like, he was built. Like a Decepticon, yeah. like, you know, and I'm just sitting there looking at it like, dang, another Raider, another Raider that we let go for a Patriot. <laughs> and I was just, sitting, you know, even with the toe, I, 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 even with the touchdown, and I don't want to give you too many spoilers. I know you got to break down the film, but even that touchdown, that wasn't a touchdown. Like that was so close, but off the, the, the way he was put, positioned to catch the ball, I just kept shaking my head like another Raider for a Patriot. Like this dude. You know, he, he was that dude. He he was very, very uh, clutch for the Raiders last year, had a couple of great games, and I thought he did enough to be that solidified that, as that number two receiver. Mm-hmm. Granted, they went and got Jacoby Myers, which he had a pretty good game yesterday, last week before he got concussed. But, you know, you could you know what you could afford from Matt Collins compared to what you're probably going to get for Jacoby Myers this year, you know, that's neither here or there. But I think that's a great pickup. Uh, I, I'm still trying to figure out what's Bijan's role. Is he the starter or is he just the change? Of, I feel like they kind of got him on that Reggie Bush, Deuce McAllister type of hype where they got a, that Algier dude starting. And then yeah. Bijan kind of comes in and does like the, the dual threat, being able to catch out the backfield, 
being, you know, and it kind of gives you that Reggie Bush, Deuce McAllister, or I think, or Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram is who it was. Mm-hmm. Well, it might have been Deuce McAllister, Mark Ingram, but just that change of pace where he's not going to be your every down running back. So, here, I mean, here's the fun thing about what they do. Because uh, uh, Bijan, he had, I think, a total 24 touches, right? 19 mm-hmm. carries, right. and then five, uh, no, he had four catches, but he had five targets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, he is the starter, but the fun thing is, if you were to ask me, this is, in terms of one-two tandem, it's the best tandem in the league. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and you saw what Tyler Algier did last week in the two right. touchdowns. Right. And they complement each other perfectly. And what I love mm-hmm. seeing sometimes now, too, they'll have formations and packages. Tyler Algier will be there. in the backfield. And then you'll have, you know, Bijan, he's running in motion everywhere and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he had one of the big uh, third-down completions in this game. He was lined up wide. And so since the Packers were in man, you had a linebacker covering them. And I think it was trips on that side. So the Falcons basically ran two clear routes where, you know, those guys just go. Nine route. Mm -hmm. And boom, here comes Bijan underneath on a slant. Ritter hits him perfectly for first down. Uh, You can move them all over the place. Yeah. And it is so much fun. But in terms of starters, he's he's without a doubt the starter. But, again, they they do such a good job of balancing what he does with also Tyler Algier. Because Tyler Algier also had 16 carries. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 19 carries to 16, like it's a good it's a good balance. I do say Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith knows what he's working with and I wouldn't say it's not like he's working with a whole lot, but he's working with enough to know that like hey, we can we can kind of you know, we can kind of pull a couple of things off within our yeah. limits. So he's definitely playing within his limits and you know, like I said, I'll be the first one to be like, "Ooh, I did not have the Atlanta Falcons being 2 and 0 on my scorecard right now." So, um I would say my week 2 winners this far so far was probably the Lionel Richie and the Washington Commandos, because hmm. who had them boys actually winning two games? And granted, they beat, you know, I think that was what a, a, a Arizona team. Yeah, they beat the they beat the Cardinals last week, and then that they beat um, Denver. They beat? Denver, yeah. Which you know, I'm gonna get on on that in a while. But the fact that they were down, I believe, twenty one to three or seven or something like that, and they were able to kind of dig in and and figure it out because I watched the Commandos against the Niners last year when Carson Wentz was quarterback and it was so yeah. bad to the point where I'm literally watching the game, watching the game and they had pulled Carson Wentz on. They put in, I think it might've been uh Heineke Heineke. Mm-hmm. came in yep. and there was a quarterback change. And I was like, I didn't hear, I didn't realize it was a quarterback change until the PA goes, you know, whoever the quarterback is. And I go, Oh, he's been in the game. The guy was like, the guy sitting next to me was like, yeah, he's been there for a couple of series. And I was like, I didn't even notice. So for that team to be from where they are last year to where they are today, Granted, it's very, very early. Ron Rivera, you know, there was already some grumblings that his 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 seat might have got a little bit warm just based off the fact of how he handled the whole Eric Bieniemy situation initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, football players every Sunday they ain't just walking in there just spotting somebody twenty three points off rip, you know, or twenty one points. You're not gonna spot a team twenty one points. It's not like they weren't trying, but you know, the lights flicked on for them boys. Uh, Scary Terry came out of the woodworks. Brian Robinson uh, made some things happen. So I got Lionel Rich in the Commandos as one of my week two winners because nobody had them. But, you know, outside of them and the Falcons, that is a very, very good feel-good story for uh, this yeah. early, early season. So that's mine. Who's your other one that you got? So right now I'm I'm kind of torn picking between two teams okay. right now. But um, if I had to, though, I think I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason why I do that, I think that uh, obviously a lot of people were disappointed with how they came out week one. They laid it. Hey, bro. Yes, they did. 
They did losing thirty to thirteen at home, and of mm-hmm. course, this is a Rams team that because they have a lot of new pieces, a lot of rookies. There's not that much that we expect from them. Yep. I will yep. say this though: seeing them up against San Francisco yesterday, maybe we we didn't give the Rams enough credit for what they could and should be this year. You want to talk uh, about a team that came lost. off the top rope? Yeah, yeah they came off the like, top rope though. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe we're not giving the Rams enough credit for what they could be, but fair. You know, you go up to a team and you want to talk about the hype trains and hype machines for teams Fair. this year. The yeah. Detroit Lions are right up there at the top. Yeah, right? And of course, right. my Falcons, they play them next week. So I'm really going to dive in uh, some more to them this week. But to go up to Ford Field after coming off that loss, of course, the Lions are coming off their big opening night win against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You saw more of the Geno Smith we saw last year, right? 328, two touchdowns, no picks. Kenneth Walker did enough on the ground. I mean, I'm sure they want to see more on the ground game. But, you know, it's just looking at, too, the weapons, right? And this is one of the things I think a lot of people were so high on the Seahawks for coming into the year. We knew DK Metcalf and what he is. We know what Tyler Lockett is. You saw Noah Fant get more involved, which, you know, again, coming in that trade over from Denver, you knew he was a good receiving tight end. So that was something to see. Even Colby Parkinson got his touches. Yeah. Jas- Jackson Smith and Jigba, their big first round pick uh, from Ohio State, mm-hmm. had six targets, five catches. So that was really impressive to see. And then also at the same time, you know, whenever you have to come back on the road, that's very tough. Yeah. And, you know, give credit to the Lions. They scored, if I, if I do my math correctly here. I believe they scored the last 10 points of regulation. And then the Seahawks come back, though, and get the touchdown in overtime to win it. So that's really impressive. And it kind of more so, again, solidified what we all thought of the Seahawks coming into the year. So I'm going to give them my other winner. That's fair. Very, very fair. I... I was t- I I feel where you're torn all about the Seahawks because like you said they 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 gave up the cheeks last week to to the Rams mm-hmm. so it's 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 hard for me to kind of oversee that but to your point when you're playing a team that's got a whole bunch of hype around them in the Detroit Lions because Geno Smith last week I was like ooh, ooh. Did, mm-hmm. the, did did they make a mistake did the Seahawks make a mistake by you know backing up that Brinks truck did the clock strike midnight mm-hmm. yeah 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 I was like ooh, ooh. but he definitely like, to your point he definitely poised him you know had a great bounce back game where it's like okay. I see yeah. where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. And, you know, I, I is Geno Smith a top elite quarterback? Nah, but he's cool. Like, he, him and Jared Goff are cool. Like, if, if you're yeah. telling me I'd rather have Jared Goff or, you know, Geno Smith or Jared Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo right now, hell yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's a good – that's a sneaky, very, very sneaky week, one, week two winner. I'm going to go with my other – my week two winner, my second one is – Man, the San Francisco 49ers, bro. Like, mm. I honestly thought that they were going to take somewhat of a step back this year, but they have picked up literally right where they left off with Brock Purdy. And, you know, you know, I was talking to a homeboy and he was like, man, you know, I don't like how they're, you know, they're, they're losing. I think it was scores like 17-10. The Rams are up. And I was like, bro, it's a division game. And, you know, I think a lot of the majority of the nation kind of slept on the Rams to include yeah. a lot of experts. Yeah. Um, this team ain't no punks. Sean McVay has them playing. I don't know what's their end-all, be-all expectation is. But I think every – you're not going to look at the Rams like we initially thought on the schedule and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be an easy win. Like, you actually have to put a – you know, buckle – bite down that mouthpiece a little bit harder and buckle down on your chin straps and be like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to have to – we're going to have to work a little bit harder than what we expected. So, it's a divisional game. It is what it is. But the Niners, once when they're able to pull away, like, man, they got so many weapons, bro. When you got Brandon Ayu, Debo, Kittle, yeah, Christian McCaffrey – 
Um, and then you got the deep, you know, like we talked about it last time. Like we thought losing a couple of key pieces on the defensive back, you know, the, the, the DB room was looking a little light. They got other dudes that kind of stepped in and, and, and been able to take over. So I got the San Francisco 49ers just, they just look like they're just, at least the offensive, they've looked like the most polished offensive unit in football so far mm-hmm. in the first two games. Outside of maybe Miami, but even Miami mm-hmm. yesterday night's game was a little bit of a weird game. Like, it was kind of boring. And I'm not saying, like, it, it, maybe it's just because they were playing the Patriots and the Patriots just boring as it is, but it was just a weird game. But as far as polish from point A to point, point A to point B the first two weeks, I got to give it to the 49ers. They have played the most complete offensive football game so far in the first two games. Hell yeah, that and that's that's very fair. I guess, like, for me, because of their roster – and the play caller, all of it, you know, obviously I, I have my, mm-hmm. my I differences with them about Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. I, I view them in such a highlight. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, cool. You show up, you look efficient. I expect that out of you. Fair, fair. You fair. have the best left tackle in the league, the best running back in the league, um, top three tight end in the league. Yeah. You know, your top two receivers are really good. And then, of course, I mean, we know what the defense is. We don't even have to go into detail about it. Right. But that's why it was so interesting to me. Because, again, even, like, even the fact that that Rams game was as close as it was, I mean, it was, what, 17-17, I think, going Something to halftime. Like yep. Mm-hmm. I don't – you notice I didn't say anything about the 49ers. I said, this is going to make me change my perception about the Rams. Yeah. You know, because yeah. like that, because yeah. the Niners are what I'm I'm viewing them yeah. as in terms of the measuring stick. So absolutely. That, that's the thing to me, because the other actually, funny enough, the other winner I was kind of torn on was the Dolphins. Just from the mm. standpoint of, OK, once one thing we would know about Bill Belichick, the best thing that you want to do on offense, he's going to have a game plan to take it away from you. Right. We know how much the Dolphins, how dangerous they are going down the field. Right. Jalen Waddle, right. Tyreek Hill. But then the Dolphins turn it around and they run the ball on them. You know, sure Raheem did. Mostert had a hundred, almost 130 yards, I believe, on the ground with two touchdowns. Yeah. So the fact that they just show people is like, okay, you want to limit what we can do in the air? That's fine. We can beat you this way too. It, it only yeah. adds to the the danger and the dynamics of that offense. So, and, and you know, I just say this in terms of Tyreek Hill. I think back to two years ago, last year in Kansas City, you know, where everyone started running more cover too. So it's like, wait. Well, they have Tyreek Hill. They're not going to let you beat you over the top. How are you going to adjust? Right. And the right. Chiefs said, okay, we'll beat you underneath then. That's right. fine. We'll, right. we'll still do it. And yeah. so I, I just want to make that comparison with two Tyreek Hill teams because the, the Dolphins showed everyone, all right, yeah, if you want to take away our deep threats, that's cool. We can beat you this way too. So I, I, I just think that overall that that's you know very impressive. Fair, yeah. Yeah, the, the Dolphins is a – the Dolphins, I'm more of a another – my analogy, who all over there. Um, and it and it kind of falls more into a and literally falling um, as far as when it comes to him. So if he out here really doing these taekwondo moves and looking like uh, what was my man's name off of Martin uh, 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 Dragonfly Jones? Oh. If he if he can learn how to do the Dragonfly <laughs> Jones rolls and stuff like that, then yeah, I, I can I can rock with him. But um, that Monday night uh, that Sunday night game was just such a weird weird interesting just. It was a hard, low key, a hard watching, and maybe it's just because Bill Belichick was, like you said, was able to take away the the the, the deep ball. But it was just still yeah. just a. It gave me weird, like uh, I don't know how I feel about this game. But um, your week two losers, if we could peruse through those real quick. Yeah, week two losers. Um, you know, this one is an interesting one for me. I am going to start off. Well, this one's a, a shocker. Uh, not really. But Cincinnati Bengals. 
Yeah. Uh, again, you have a, a rough showing week one. You come back home, and not only do you come back home, you have your second division game yes, in a row. Yes, yes, So yes. now you're, not only are you 0-2, you're 0-2 in the AFC North, which as we mm-hmm. all expect to be a very tough division. So mm-hmm. starting off already behind, and that yeah. is, is, is very tough. But again, you look at it, it's, it's just Joe Burrow's hurt. You know, they said he re-aggravated the calf. So I don't even think he's playing Monday that's, night. That, that's what I'm saying. I, it, that might be a case. So who knows? Maybe there's a situation if you're the Bengals going up against the Rams next week. Because, again, we're talking about how much better the Rams actually are. You might be 0-3. Yep. So yep. Um, that that was just a tough one to lose. And, again, like I said, just with the, the, the timing of everything, this Burrow injury. But, I mean, overall, too, you just look at some of these numbers, man. I mean – they we know the weapons well. that Cincinnati has. You only had 216 yards in the air. Baltimore had 415 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. You know, and without an OBJ full game, exactly without OBJ, and of course 33 yard. I mean, excuse me, 33 minutes in terms of time of possession. Now give credit to the Bengals O line. They didn't give up a sack, which is a big that, deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal for them. But all that money but, they put on back in that offensive line, even with Orlando uh, Brown Jr., like right. it should, you know. It you should, know. but I mean, it, it would be the mean. first time if the O-line right. didn't do well, but they put money mm-hmm. into it. You're so right. I, I'm going to give them that credit. But I mean, obviously, you know, they were just gashed in the running game. I mean, you have – um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was going to ask you this question. We just saw what the hell happened to Aaron Rodgers last week yep. based off of a calf injury that he suffered in camp. Joe Burrow probably has a worse calf injury than what Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers initially initially had. Do you probably sit him for a prolonged time after you just backed up the entire Bank of America of the NFL to his house? That's because we have seen people with calf injuries, you kind of put them back out without a prolonged rehab time. It usually turns into a torn Achilles, i.e. a la Kevin Durant, right. Kobe Bryant, Aaron Rodgers, and now we're going to have Joey B. Yeah, I don't know. Be, I don't know if I'm putting them out careful. there. I yeah, no, it's it's a great point. You got to be very careful. And like I said, I mean, even outside of that too, my concerns with this team is is defensively. And again, that running game. The thing about just who's in their division, yes. Nick Chubb with the Browns. Yes, I mean the Ravens as a whole, not just Lamar and Gus Edwards, but committee running back room, philosophy. a running yeah. back room. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Najee Harris. Then you look Bay at Aaron who else is on their schedule coming up outside of that Rams game. You have Tennessee. With Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, you yep. have the 49ers in week eight. We know how much Kyle Shanahan loves to pound the rock. Right. Um, and, you know, even Jacksonville with, with uh, Travis Etienne, they like to yes, make some things yes. happen on the ground with him. Yes. So yeah. that's a very challenging schedule in terms of run defense if you have trouble stopping the run. Yeah. So I think that, then that's... losing Jesse Bates didn't do him any favors as well. Back oh, there. We'll take him, though. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so great pickup. But, uh, I would say my week two loss, losers, I mean, I feel like I'd be talking about these dudes as losers, but I just don't know how many more times the San Diego, what are, uh, LA Chargers, I can't even, yeah. I'm still stuck in San I can't figure out why in the blue hell does Brandon Staley still have a job. He should have lost his job two years ago against the Raiders when the Raiders literally openly said, hey man, y'all want to play for a tie? And he was like, mm-hmm. nah, and, and, and tricked that playoff birth away. And then the playoffs La- last year. Okay, here's my thing about that, uh, Jordan. They were up by whatever whatever the score was at halftime. I literally was like, they're going to lose this game. I, I had mm. no 
I had no, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, I was like, oh, Jacksonville's coming back. Like, I was going to be more shocked if the Chargers won the game. I had yeah. no confidence in the Chargers whatsoever. I was like, oh, I mean, Jacksonville just spot them all the points. They're going to come back and win. So <laughs> that's kind of the, my mindset was. So the fact that the Chargers kept, just keep coming up with Charger ways to lose these games. Yeah. I don't know what, what the owner of the Chargers is thinking of, but you're kind of tricking away some good years from Justin Herbert, which now – I'm starting to – I'm not going to say I'm questioning, like, you know, where does he fall in as far as great quarterbacks go, but, my man, you ain't really proven – like, they, they kind of crowned you. They kind of deemed you that dude when you really haven't proven anything. Um, yeah, you played in one playoff game so far, but you have all of the potential in the world. You have all the talent in the world, but – and I think we're probably giving him a little bit more of a pass just because it's like, you know, you see good kids, you know, and I mean, you as a coach, you'd be like, yeah, you see good kids over there. They're doing the best they can. Um, well, I would say you as a coach, but, like, you see as opposing teams. Like, when you played your last game against Richmond, like, you, you skunked them mm-hmm. 32 zip. But I'm pretty sure you saw some players over there who was like, man, if he just had the right coach, if he had the reach, sure. you know, you fell up under sure. there, man, he could be something. And I feel that – I think that's probably what we're doing with Justin Herbert. Like, man, he could be everything that we want him to be, but he got that doo-doo stain of uh, Brandon Staley just lurking over him. And I don't know mm-hmm. with Kellen Moore – coming over there, kind of sliding in on the back end where maybe they're going to probably urge him into the coaching role at the end of the season. But are we really going to waste away another stacked Charger team with Khalil Mack, Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, uh, the other Bosa boy, Joey Bosa? Um, right. you got Keenan Allen who, you know, Father Time is probably going to start tracking, yeah. start tracking him down. you got Austin Eckler who's on a one-year deal. you got Mike Williams where at any given moment he about another injury card away from something bad happening to him. You have all of these great weapons where, where they're all literally on borrowed time where you just don't know something catastrophic can happen to these boys as history is proven. Like, what more does the Chargers have to show for this dude to continue to be the coach? Like, I just yeah. don't get it, dog. I don't. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally with you, and it's just when you look at it on paper, this Chargers team has underachieved with Justin Herbert mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. and obviously, as we know, this is this is how the league goes. The players are, especially if you're a player that's paid as much as Justin Herbert, you stay before the coach. You know, yeah, goes. yeah, yep, yep. Um, and so, I I really do think that. I, I told you after last year, I was shocked that he came, that he was back. I, I really was. Yes, and, you're right. And you're especially right. when you think about some of the players or some of the coaches, excuse me, some of the coaches that were out there. Yes. What if, let's just say hypothetically, what if you go get Sean Payton in LA mm-hmm. to coach yeah. Justin Herbert instead yeah. of him being down in Denver right now? Yeah. Well, he's you know, like, in life. But but you know what I mean. So that, that yeah, that's right. just the thing for me where. And I trust me, I know this very much as a Falcons fan where this year for me, this is the first year where I've seen teams, our Falcons teams, they play to win and not play to, I mean, they mm-hmm. play to not lose. They don't play to not lose. They play to win. That fair, really fair, popped fair. up for me on tape this week. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, again, with some of these leads and what the Chargers do, they're still stuck in that boat of, well, here we are. Let's try not to blow it. Well, if you play that way, guess what you always do? You blow, blow it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and I think that starts from the top in terms of a cultural thing and of what you're building in the foundation uh, and, and, you know, in that building. So that starts with the head coach. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm just flat. I'm just, it just blows my mind how Brandon Staley has been able to literally keep his job for two years in a row. Like, I just don't know what it, and, and I feel like, is it going to be something so petty Jordan where they're going to fire him off of, I, I don't know. 
you know, them fin- finishing the season a game out of the playoff prediction. You know, something mm-hmm. something is petty. I mean, it's not like I say it's petty because they have big. They should be the second best team in the AFC West right now. Right. Um, but they're zero and two. Like the Raiders got more wins than them right now. Yeah. Which is right. you know what I'm saying. Like I think every outside of the Broncos, they're the only. You know, the Raiders and the and the Chiefs. You know, they're the only two win- winners of the division. Where I honestly thought that the Broncos Raiders game last week was gonna the loser was gonna be sitting at the bottom of the totem pole. But now you got the Chargers sitting down there. I'm like, I mean, they could probably bounce back. But even when they do bounce back, like, what is their expectation? Like, you can't say this is a AFC Championship contending team. No, no way. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get you on that. And because I mean, I think as we all would expect and understand, especially in the AFC West, the Chargers take. I mean, excuse me, the Chiefs take that division. That that's yeah, the yeah, expectation. Yeah. As long yep. as you have Andy Reid and 15 at the helm, that's yep. that's Jordan. your thought process. Yep. yep. But. Behind that, I mean, if we were to say that you would expect maybe two wild wild card teams to come out that division, that's not too crazy. I mean, I know it's either out of there or the AFC North, but yes. probably one of those two divisions. And right now, it's looking like I don't really know. Right. Um, so no, I I think that's very fair and spot on in terms of them being your, your week two loser. Yeah. Hey man, this has been great. I wish we had more time. I know you got to coach the youngins. I told you I'm going to try my best to do a pop in this Friday. Support yeah. you. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely want to support that. But uh, tell me where you can find you at, man. Yeah, y'all want to go ahead find me on uh, X. I, I got to remember to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to. I don't, trying to, wanna, I don't, I don't know get what it's that called. Random block. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't count suspension. So right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at, at Big Seven Five Fella is where you can find me. Um, you know, I do a lot of stuff, too, with the Falcoholic. It's the SB Nation page that covers the Falcons. Um, so you can see me doing a lot of the instant reaction shows. We were also doing a weekly segment this year, Trench Talk, where I really dive in mm-hmm. with, um, you know, just talking the offensive, defensive line play from the past game. I also have this podcast through Stadium Rant called Falcon Fade. Again, all about the Atlanta Falcons with my co-host, Clint Goss. And... Yeah, you know, it's a bunch of fun. We actually just started doing reaction shows for a radio station that's based out of Georgia. So okay, you can okay. catch us out there, too. Um, and, yeah, those are those are some of the main things for me. Hey, man, that is Jordan Watkins. I am Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. Jordan, hey, man, we got to do this again. I always Absolutely. appreciate you hopping on, bro. I know you are a moving target for all of the great things that you do for the Georgia ATLians and, and and the children over there in uh in the five one zero Oakland California. So, anytime you are able to carve out any time, I will stop what I'm doing, literally stop what I'm doing and make it happen. So, um, definitely appreciate it. Uh, like I said, uh, we do the show once a week. I don't think there will be a podcast next Monday. Um, just to give you a quick rundown of my schedule, your boy is actually going to the Thursday night game this week. Um, right. Hopping back on a flight. Back here in Vegas, I will be at the Raiders home opener. Then I'm hopping back on another flight Monday back to the Bay Area to go to the Giants. I think they play the Padres. And then I actually got to do some real life work where my nine to five is actually, I got to go to a convention that week. So probably being the fact that I'll be at a baseball game Monday night, there probably won't be a podcast. And I got to do a lot of kissing, kiss, hugging, hugging babies or kissing babies, uh-huh. whatever the whole, whole lingo is. But I definitely got to go to a convention this week. So really, really good to see some old coworkers of mine from my old line of work. But uh, I hope I can see you at the station. I don't know if you're going to be at the station uh, next week, but uh, if you are, I did tell Monica, I know Monica's listening to the show. 
that I definitely wanted to do Shout a pop in. Yeah, definitely wanted to do a pop in and, and see our boys over at NBC Sports Bay Area. So that is definitely something that's in the work. So um, much love to all of you guys over there. But again, for sure, probably no show next week, but we'll see. But if not, uh, we will catch you all on the week four. Yeah, it'd be week four by then. See how fast football be going by, man. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's it, crazy. It, really is, it really is crazy. And I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, that's why I love the position I'm in where obviously you got Thursday night football. I'm coaching on Fridays, working on Saturdays, and then doing yeah. Falcon stuff on Sundays. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So hopefully we'll do a week four week preview, uh, recap show. But hey, this is the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, and we will see you when we see you.